0: It is great to be back here at The Bridge. I'm really excited to to share with you again today as we start to finalize our summer shorts because now summer is getting short. Next week, kids go back to school and uh, we'll find ourselves back in our routine. Now today, I wanna talk about dealing with my dark side. Now we're gonna kinda start down here today, but I promise you we're gonna leave up here we're going to transcend from darkness to light talk about my dark side we all have a dark side every one of us do we really do some it's dealing with issues that are really major like drugs and Alcohol and, and, and pornography and things like that. In others, it's more dealing with anger and integrity issues and maybe just gossip and a vengeful spirit and unforgiving spirit, just, just meanness and, and losing our temper sometimes. But all of us, all of us have a dark side to us. Even the great apostle Paul, who is one of the most model of all Christians who have ever lived who wrote two-thirds of what we now enjoy as our New Testament section of our Bible, a man who literally gave his life to the cause of Jesus Christ, and yet he even admitted in Scripture to having a dark side. In Romans 7.15, Paul says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. So many of us can relate to that anguish that that he writes about. Paul, in, in his great spirituality, says, you know, he says, I'm frustrated at times. Because the things that I want to do, I don't seem to be able to do. But it's the things that I don't want to do. Seems like those things I keep succumbing to. He goes on to say in verse 18, I know that nothing good lives in me, that my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I just can't seem to carry it out. So many of us can relate to that. And how many times have we gone to the Lord in prayer and said, God, I want to live for you. I want to serve you. I want to love you. I want to thank you with my life for what you've done for me. And yet, periodically, we fall victim again to our dark side. And sometimes, we begin to live more out of our dark side than we do our light side. Now, why is that so? And how can we recognize this dark side? Now, this dark side isn't acts that we just impulsively fall into occasionally because some stimulus presents itself. We can identify our dark side by several characteristics. The first is that it's repetitive in nature. Paul says in Romans seven nineteen, for what I do is not the good that I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do. What's he say? This I what? Keep doing. This isn't something that just has flashed in our life. This is something that we've repeatedly had to struggle with. It it happened over and over again. It's not a one-time thing. It's something that has visited us on numerous occasions. Now, part of the process of our spiritual maturity and evidence of our spiritual maturity is that it doesn't visit us as frequently as it used to visit us but it's repetitive. We also can understand that it's medicative. And this is the part of it that we don't period or often understand, is that it's medicative in nature. Paul says in Romans seven twenty three, but I see another law at work in the members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin that is working my members. See, this whole thing really with the dark side is more of a mental issue and challenge than it is a physical issue. Life is tough, isn't it? And and sometimes we just overwhelmed with the circumstances of life, and sometimes we're just beat down with the circumstances of life, whether it's at work or finances or health issues or whatever. Life is hard. It's not easy. And what this dark side behavior does is it falsely gives us a sense of satisfaction. If our dark side was totally repugnant to us and it didn't deliver anything for us, it wouldn't be our dark side. We wouldn't struggle with it. But it's because that when we do it, it provides us some kind of a temporary zip, some kind of a zap that, 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 that causes us for that moment to have some sensation of satisfaction, some sensation of thrill, some se- sensation of adventure. And that's what brings us back to it. Kind of a drug addict who has that remembrance of the high And it pulls us back because it's a battle that we're waging in our minds. And and we, we, we tend to use this behavior as a fix, as a high. Now what we realize is that it's not a lasting high, just like any drug or medicine is, it's not lasting. And what happens is we yield to it again and we get that total zip, that little high, that momentary rush. But as soon as that rush is over, what happens? Shame, guilt, regret, all sets back in, right? So I can identify my dark side because it's repetitive. It's something that, that just doesn't flash in my life. It's something that has been an issue repetitively in my life. What I may not understand is the reason that I keep going back to it is because there's this medicative value to it. It's also seemingly unmanageable. Paul says in Romans 7 23, but I see another law at work in the members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. For some of us, periodically, or at some point in our life, in our Christian walk, our dark side seems to have become so powerful that That we're tempted to give up and say, what's the use? I'm never going to get over this. I'm never going to get victory over this. This is always going to control me. Sometimes we even come to the point where we begin to rationalize it. We might even say, I don't know why, it's just how God made me. It's how God wired me. And God must understand that this is how he made me, and so it's really probably okay with God. And we tend to sometimes surrender to it. But it seems unmanageable. And because we've wrestled with it repetitively, We can convince ourselves, or Satan certainly wants us to convince us, that we will never overcome this area of challenge in our life. And that often drives many believers away from church. Yet another indication is that it's degenerative in nature. Paul says in verse 15, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Now, what we find is this this dark side is degenerative in nature. Remember, it's medicative. But just like a drug or alcohol or, or whatever the issue is, as we progress in this darkness, what used to give us that thrill, what used to give us that zap, what used to give us that sensation of satisfaction takes a more risky and more dramatic behavioral experience than it used to. People say that pot is a gateway drug to, to, to more hard drugs, and, and, and that certainly can be argued in the life of many drug addicts, that that's where it started. But after a while, marijuana wasn't enough, and they needed something for a little higher zip, and so they went to this drug. Or, and then they went to this one, and then they went to this. And in order to satisfy the hunger of this dark side, people often take greater risks because part of taking the risk is part of the high. It's part of the medicative issue. And so, what we find is that over time, this becomes a degenerative kind of part of our life. And it's what disgusts us. And this is why Paul says, I hate this in myself. I hate this experience. And we've all felt that. We've all resonated with Paul and saying, God, why can't I get past this? Now, here's the point that we need to drive home to ourselves. The final characteristic of our dark side is that it's destructive. If we don't deal with it, it will ultimately overtake us and bring a lot of destruction and havoc into our lives. James writes about it in his New Testament letter in James 1, verses 14 and 15. James says, But each one is tempted. By his own evil desire. See, that's where our temptation comes. It comes from our own evil desire. It comes from this this clinging to our dark side. And dragged away in then after desire has conceived, we've acted on it. It gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. See, this is a process. But if we don't check our dark side, if we rationalize our dark side, if we don't resist our dark side, ultimately it will bring destruction in some form to our lives. If I just keep charging on those credit cards and I get a new credit card because the other two are already full and I charge that one and then I get a new one, I'm gonna have financial destruction someplace, aren't I? Because at some point, I'm not gonna be able to keep up with the payments and the interest on those credit cards are gonna become so overwhelming that, that, that any payment I make doesn't even cover the interest charges anymore. If it's health issues and I keep doing something that is extremely unhealthy, someday it's gonna catch up. So whatever it is, if I'm a gossip Someday it's going to be exposed that I'm a gossip. My life is going to be destroyed. My reputation is going to be destroyed. In the end, if we don't manage it, it will overtake us and manage us. So what do we do about it? Paul says in Romans 7, 24 and 25, he said, What a wretched man I am. He says, I hate dealing with this. Why do I have to deal with this? He says, who will deliver me from this body of death? And then he answers his own question. He has an epiphany. He has an aha moment. And Paul says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He says, that's who will deliver me. That's how I will avoid the destruction that my dark side will ultimately bring to me. Now, I'm going to share with you several resources that you have to combat your dark side. To help you transition from this place that Paul's talking about in Romans 7 and saying, the things I don't want to do, those are the things I keep doing. The things I want to do, I don't seem to be able to do. do I get past that? I'm going to share some things. And initially, I'm going to advise you, I'm going to forewarn you that they're going to seem very, very surface. They're going to seem very simple, maybe simplistic, but they're powerful resources if we use them. So how do I deal with my dark side? How do I deal with it? All right, first, in dealing with my dark side, I have to read God's word. Read it with me. What is it? Regularly. That's the key word. Read God's word regularly. When my mom gave me my first Bible, I remember it. I was a young teenager. I think I was 13 years old. Might have even been on my 13th birthday. My mom gave me my first adult Bible. We had kids Bibles, and in that Bible, she put this inscription. That's my mom, by the way. She amazing. She's with been with the Lord for a long time now. But she wrote in the front of my Bible, "This Bible will keep you from sin." or sin from this Bible. Profound words that in my life I have found to be absolutely true. This Bible, reading it how? Regularly, will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the Bible. I put this inscription in both the first Bible that Stella and I gave to Sonia, and the first Bible Stella and I gave to Peter because it was so profound in my life. Now, David, the apostle, said this thousands of years before my mom wrote that inscription when he wrote in Psalm 119.11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now, David had a dark side. He struggled with his dark side too. But what David found is what I've discovered and what you'll discover and many of you already have, that one of the most powerful resources against acting out on our dark side is reading God's word, hiding it in our hearts, reading it regularly. And I don't mean just glossing through it. There's nothing wrong with read through the Bible in a year. Uh, Boxes, we've done that as a church here and I would encourage you to do it. But I also encourage you to take time on a daily basis if you can, at least on a weekly basis of just reading to absorb and process God's word. There's strength in it. Regular, Exposure to God's word is a check and balance. It'll remind you. Next time you go to the Bible and you know you're gonna read the Bible, trust me, you're gonna feel better about picking that Bible up if you haven't yielded it to your dark side. And the more you don't yield, the stronger you'll become. Gotta read God's word regularly. Make it an active part of your life. Billy Graham was a, was a man of God who, who could not go through a day without reading his Bible. Others, and I heard in one interview, asked him about it. They said, well, Dr. Graham, you're such a busy man and you travel all over. You know, I'm sure there, there's days that, that you would love to have been in your Bible, but, but you just didn't have time. And Billy Graham stopped him in the interview and said, not a day. He said, there's not a day that I don't sit down and read from the word of God because I need it so desperately. So if we want to overcome our dark side, one thing we got to do is read God's word regularly. Seems simplistic, but it's powerful. Second one also seems simplistic. Tap into the power of prayer. Got to talk to God. Jesus said in Matthew 26, verse 41, Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. He said, The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Now, in its context, he's speaking to his disciples on the night of his betrayal. They're in the garden, and he's asking them to pray with him. And he walked away and praying. When he came back, they're they're all sleeping. And, and, And he said, Watch and pray so you won't fall the temptation. They were just about to do that. Remember when Jesus is arrested, when he's betrayed by Judas, what do the disciples do? They scatter. See, Jesus knew what was happening. But he also knew that their spirit was willing, but their bodies were weak. Prayer. 2 Peter 1, verses 3 through 4 says, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Let me just stop there. Understand this, you can live the Christian life. You can do it. I know sometimes it seems insurmountable. I remember years ago, Ted Turner said, all Christianity is just a crutch for weak people. Yeah, Ted, try living Christianity. See what a crutch it is. It's hard. But don't give up because God has given you the power to live a life of light and not be enslaved to a life of darkness. He really has. You can do it. Scripture Peter, one of the greatest apostles, he says it right here. How do we do it? Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. That's reading God's word regularly. Through these he has given us his very promise and precious promise so that through him you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption of the world caused by evil desires, our dark side. Take it to God, pray about it. Now You're not informing God that you struggle with it. He knows that already. But what you're doing, you're saying, God, Search my heart. I want to live for you. I want my life to mount, to count for eternity. I want want my life to, to help other people find a better way to live their lives. And we need to pray. We need to pray selfishly about that. We say, God, help me to be a better man of God. God, help me to be a better woman of God. Help me to be a better husband. Help me to be a better wife. Help me to be a better dad. Help me to be a better mom. God, help me. Jesus said, we have not because we ask not. An additional resource in dealing with our dark side is to create personal boundaries. The great physicist Albert Einstein is the one who came up with the definition of insanity. He said, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. <laughs> we keep living our lives the same way and we don't create boundaries in our lives against our dark side, and then we wonder why we succumb to it. We go to the same places. We hang out with the same friends. We don't make any changes in our life. We don't put any boundaries in our lives. And what happens? That gives Satan the opportunity to keep our dark side behavior ever before us and to increase the amount of temptation we have to act out on it. We've got to make some changes. If we just keep doing the things the way we've done it, and those that that way has characterized itself by us surrendering to our dark side, then we are acting insanely. We've got to make changes. Romans 12, 21 says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That passage implies intention. We have to be intentional about this. We have to say, I do not want my dark side to control me. I do not want that to characterize my life. I do not want it to keep, in me, to keep it from being the believer that I need to be. So I am going to do things. I am going to put things in my life to overcome my dark side. First Timothy 6.11 says, but you men of God flee from all this. That's step one. So you gotta flee your dark side. You gotta put as much distance between you and it as you possibly can. If, If guys, your dark side is connected to lust or sensuality or something like that, Don't go driving home from work through one of these neighborhoods that have got all these gentlemen's clubs and stuff like that and all these billboards that you see that are going to every day remind you of what your body wants, but your spirit doesn't. If If it's a struggle with alcohol, don't drive by the liquor store every day. If it's this thing with temper, don't hang out with a bunch of angry people. If it's gossip, don't surround yourself with people who love gossip. You've got to make some changes. You've got to flee from that. And, and I love that he says, flee from it. It says, you've got to want not to do it more than you want to do it. Then he goes on the same verses to say, and pursue now. You've got to flee this, and you've got to replace it with this, he says. Righteousness, things that promote righteousness. You're doing that right now. By attending church, by attending good news or or, uh, life groups, and by by attending Bible studies and that, you're doing that. You're pursuing righteousness. Godliness. Do things that make you more godly. Faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. See, I've got to not do this stuff, and instead I've got to pursue. I've got to flee this, and I need to pursue. That involves action. I've got to make that an intentional part of my life. James 4, seven says, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now we use that passage and we'll even say, we'll cry out, the Bible says, resist the devil and he'll flee from me, resist the devil and he'll flee from me. But we forget the first part, says what? Submit yourselves to God. You just can't say, devil, go away, devil, go away, devil, go away, devil, go away. You've got to submit yourself to God on a daily basis by reading this word regularly, by tapping into the power of prayer, and by creating personal boundaries. It goes on to say in verse eight, come near to God, and read it with me. He will come near to you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Don't treat God like a fire extinguisher. Break glass only in emergency. Develop a relationship with him. Draw near to God, and he will come near to you. Yet another resource in resisting our dark side is to embrace accountability. We need accountability partners in our life. We really we can't do this alone, it's too hard. James 5.16 says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. One of the strongest elements of our dark side is its secrecy. We wanna keep it secret. Because we, we think that, wow, if, if those people at church really knew that I struggle with this, they'd throw me out the door in a minute. They would they would expunge me. They would not be, want to be around me. And see, those are all lies from Satan. Because the truth of the matter is, we understand how hard the Christian life is, don't we? And when somebody comes to me and, 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 and they trust me enough to share a struggle of their life, I'm honored by that. And I don't judge them. I got nothing to judge. I'm no man's judge. But I certainly... I wanna be part of their help. I wanna be part of their healing program. I wanna be part of, of their accountability. See, scripture says that by seeking accountability, by sharing. Now, you gotta be careful who you share it with. Don't share it with someone whose dark side is gossip. Right? Be smart about it. But share it with people who have proven themselves to be faithful to themselves and have proven themselves to be able to respect confidentiality. But we need to share it. Why? That's how we get healing. We get healing that way. When we're upfront and we're honest with each other, and when we're authentic with each other and say, you know what, I'm, I'm working on this. I'm, I'm having a hard time in this part. Ecclesiastes 4 9 through 10 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls down and has no one to help him up. See, that's what happens so often to believers. As they fall down and they don't have accountability in their life, they don't have Christian friends in their life, they don't have relationships in their life of people who understand that they're dealing with things. So number one, the accountability people say, hey, how's it going with that? How are you doing with that? They, they keep you accountable. They keep you asking. There's somebody you can call when you're tempted to do that and say, hey, listen, I'm in trouble right now. I need somebody to talk to. See, if we don't have anybody like that in our life, then when we are tempted and when we yield to that temptation, we're left isolated. And that's exactly where Satan wants us. He wants us to feel alone. He wants us isolated because then he can begin to to tear down our 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 faith and to tear down our, our sense of self-esteem and respect and, and he can fill that void with messages like you're a failure. See, you can't be a real Christian. See, God can't really love you. All of that's a lie. Paul was loved by God, would you agree? And yet Paul struggled with the dark side. Deal with my dark side. I've got to read God's word regularly. I've got to tap into the power of prayer. I need to create some personal boundaries. I need to embrace accountability. You know what will happen? The times that I surrender to my dark side will become far less frequent. And if I surrender to it, they'll become shorter in duration. And the times that I'll be able to live for the Lord the way I want to will become more frequent and longer in duration. So Paul says in Romans 12, 2, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by what? By what? The renewing of your mind. That's where the real battle's going on, is right here. That's why you need to read God's word regularly. That's why you need to tap into prayer. That's why you need to create boundaries, That's why you need accountability. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. And what's God's will for your life? It's a good will. It's a pleasing will. It's a perfect will. And that is God's will for my life. It's God's will for your life. Now, we have one more powerful weapon in our arsenal against our dark side. And it's significant and it's powerful. And it's mobile. You want to know what it is? See you next week. See you next week. Let's bow our heads. I know this has been a message for some here today. One of my sisters from the bridge even shared with me Before the service at, her daughter read the email that went out about what I was going to talk about. And she said, I can't be there. You've got to get me a copy of this. Because this is something that we're all dealing with. And maybe you're here today and recently you've submitted to your dark side. Well, today I want this to be a message not of guilt but of hope. You don't have to stay there. God doesn't hate you. He's, he doesn't, he's not disgusted with you. And he's given you some resources so that you're not having to feel like you're feeling right now. That's not how he wants you to feel. He wants you to discover what that good, that pleasing, and that perfect will is he has for your life. That's where he wants you to live. In. So right now, just talk to him. This message today has been for believers, not unbelievers. If you're a believer and you're struggling with your dark side now, commit yourself to these four practices. Reading God's word regularly, tapping into the power of prayer, creating personal boundaries, and building accountability in your life. And we'll add to it next week. But well, believers are processing this, and, and, and again, if, if you've been struggling with this dark side, don't, don't get trapped in guilt and shame with it right now. Give it to God. God loves you. He's with you on it. He's not against you. He's moved me today to share this with you so that you can, you can start working on it. If you're here and. You know what your dark side is, and God has been giving you victory over it. Just take some time right now. Thank Him. Say, God, I give you the glory. You have given me the strength and the perseverance and the self discipline not to be surrendering to my dark side. Thank you, God, for that. Thank you that I can live in peace right now with you. Father, just help us. Anoint us with your presence. Because, God, we really are like Paul, every one of us here. We want to do good. We want to live for you. We want our lives to be pleasing to you. If that weren't true, we wouldn't be here today. But God, it's such a struggle. and Satan works so hard against us. And our nature, our sin nature works so hard against us. Lord, help us to use these tools effectively so that we don't have to live with guilt and shame. Bless us, anoint us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Our ushers are going to come. We're going to receive our offering. We're almost through the summer, and we've done pretty good. We've had a couple blowouts, but we've done pretty good on our budget. So let's keep it up, and let's finish the year strong so that this ministry can, can do ministry around the world as as we do. We're going to receive the offering. If you don't have time to res, to prepare your offering, there's offering kiosks. You can, place your offering in. Just before we close today, I want to reach out to someone who might be here and maybe it's the first time you've ever been in church or the first time you've been in church in a long time. And Forget the dark side stuff. You're still trying to figure out God and eternity and sin and all that kind of stuff. But the good news is <clears throat> that God has already made every provision necessary for every one of us to experience eternity with him. He's already made provision. And the provision has a name. And the provision's name is Church, Jesus, right? Jesus died on the cross for the sins of humanity. Every human being, me, you, everybody. And scripture says that if we will just believe that Jesus has already died to pay the penalty of our sins, then we'll have eternal life says it in the most quoted verse in the Bible, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Paul says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. See, God has made it simple so that Every human being can understand it. Every child can understand it. It's not something he wants us to have to earn. We can't earn it. We don't have to struggle for it. We just have to have faith and accept it. Today, if you're still struggling with that, of where am I going to spend eternity? What's going to happen to me when this life ends? You're struggling with an issue that's already been settled. It just hasn't been settled yet in your life. Before you leave today, go back to our resource center and pick up a copy of this little blue book. It's called You Can Be Sure. It's a real small little paperback book. It's free, just pick one up. You don't even have to ask anybody. You'll see them on the desk or in our literature rack. Take it home and read it and it will explain to you everything that the Bible has revealed to humanity about the forgiveness of sin and eternal life with God. If Spanish is your primary language and you understand better in Spanish, we have the same book in Spanish. We love you and God loves you. And God loves us. That's the, the real message today, is that God loves us and he doesn't want us to live in frustration. He wants to liberate us. And if we'll follow these simple steps, you'll be on the road to that liberation.